It's been my privilege to know Jesse for almost 40 years. We met at a King Solomon Christian service camp in Kansas when Marilyn and I were preaching in Washington, Kansas. And uh, I was the evangelist for a week of camp, and Jesse was the missionary. And uh, we became very close, uh, mainly because we disagreed with something the camp was doing. Do you remember that, Jesse? They were having some kind of a, a fast where all the kids were told not to eat a meal. And then to put that money in the offering for, for Jesse. And so we all sat down to empty plates. And as soon as the meal was over, all the kids went out to the canteen and ate candy bars. <laughs> and uh, Jesse said, this doesn't make sense. And I said, I agree. And we've been pretty much in agreement ever since. Uh, it's been my joy and privilege to uh, be able to represent him to you throughout the years. I've tried to keep you informed. It's impossible to keep you informed of all he does. But uh, it's obvious that God has used Jesse to accomplish some amazing things uh, throughout the world. And uh, it's with great joy that I invite Jesse to, to preach for you today. He's promised to preach in English, uh, mainly because James refuses to translate for his dad today. Uh, Jesse, it's my pleasure. Many years ago, I came to this country to study the Bible. And when I came from the jungles of Burma to the United States, one of the oldest missionaries from our faith, maybe from our denomination, uh, J. Russell Morse, told me that, Jesse, you're going to the States not only to learn from college, but to learn from people whom you meet. Two, three years after that, I met your preacher, Rick, at King Solomon Christian Service Camp. He was evangelist, like he told you a while ago, and he preached every evening, five evenings, uncompromising gospel message, one sermon after another. And I thought I should learn something from this man. There was some opposition to what he was preaching, but he didn't, he didn't stop. He just preaching the gospel. So I thought when I go back to the mission field, I should do the same. I must represent Jesus Christ and say what the Lord says, not what I think I should say. So I learned that determination from your preacher, and I'm still doing what he showed me to do. I am grateful that I could be among you this Lord's Day. I haven't spoken English or preached in English for many, many years now. How many years? For some 37 years. I learned some English while I was here going to school, but then 30, in 37 years' time, it got very, very sluggish. So I have to stick to my manuscript most of the time. I think you will excuse me. 
Apostle Paul in Romans 5 said verses 1 and 2 these words. Therefore, since we we are justified by faith, we have a peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through him we have obtained access to his grace in which we stand. And we rejoice in our hope of sharing the glory of God. There was time when my peace of mind was terribly disturbed. Terribly disturbed. My friends tried to comfort me. The preachers come together and prayed with me. But I could not find peace of mind in the words of my friends. But I found peace of mind in the words of God. As we all know, many Christian generations come and gone. The past generations had their own tasks that were very, very important to them, such as the hallucination of a doctrine, clarification of church ordinances, and delineations of polity, so on and so forth. But I believe that our generation, now our generation, have the task that is far more important and significant, that is, the spiritual resurrection, the ability to create new life in men and women around the world. From confused and rebellious world, we hear many voices. In Asia, people begun to worship education. You know, America is an educated country long for many, many hundred years, but in Asia, People begin to worship education and they say, learn, learn. Education is the way. And in Europe, on this side of the globe, economics seem to be so important. And they say, earn, earn. Economics is the way. But there is still Yet a small voice that speaks from behind us, saying, Turn, repent, come unto me. I am the way, the truth, and the life. I am the Prince of Peace. I will give you rest. Peace is not only possible, but it is inevitable if we are going to survive, said one noted American preacher. You all know biblical word shalom in the Old Testament. Shalom, shalom was the word used by Old Testament prophets and priests to greet one another and to bless one another. When Pope Paul met the patriarch of Constantinople in Jerusalem after many, many years of separation, he said shalom, shalom. It is Hebrew word translated into English as a peace, though I understand that this word has much deeper and richer meaning. But what a word. I know no other word that catches uh, catches up the hope of the world than the word peace. Many years ago, there was a young man who made the list of things he thought he would need in life to make his life complete. The list began with health, then love, beauty, 
talent, riches, power, and fame. Then he went to an older man and wiser man to show his list. The wiser and older man said, he looked at the, uh, at the list and said, it is an excellent list. You have put everything in order so far. But he said, it appears to me, my dear friend, that you have omitted the most important element of all. You have forgotten the one ingredient lacking which each possession in life becomes a torment, and your list as a whole will become an intolerable burden for you. The young man got really sad, and he said to this old man, Sir, what is that that I have omitted? With a pencil, the old man crossed out the young man's list, and underneath he wrote three words, Peace of Mind. This young man was a Joshua Lipman, a Jewish rabbi, who later wrote a book called Peace of Mind, which I possess one on the mission field. And he was, it was sold more than a million copies. Peace now, love now, is the cry of this world. We hear it from young and old, black and white, brown and yellow. No other subject is discussed as much as the subject of peace. The leaders of the world talk about peace while their citizens long for it. I came from war-torn country, and I understand what peace is, what uh, conflict is. Our people long for peace for so many, many years. Modern man will do anything, go anywhere, to obtain peace of mind. He tries drugs, goes to psychiatrists, psychologists. I'm not putting down, you may, there may be some psychologists here and psychiatrists, but I'm not putting down your discipline to obtain this peace of mind. For example, I'm told that U.S. has 60 million individuals sex stimulants daily. Millions of people hooked on heroin in Asia. My own people as well. Tranquilizers over there are consumed at an alarming rate every day. When I was in drugs, Johnny Cash said, I was seeking for peace of mind, but when I found it, I couldn't trust it because I knew that it was a fleeting peace. We are false prophets, like in the days of Jeremiah, who, who shout, peace, peace, where there is no peace. I am not here this morning to analyze peace for you, but I am here to tell you as to where this peace, true peace, is found. For I believe that through the years, especially in recent years, I made a great discovery as to where this peace is found. The Bible talks about peace nearly 400 times. It is the word most frequently used except the word God. The Bible tells us that in Christ is where this true peace is. The phrase in Christ occurs 200, more than 200 times. 
I count these things because I'm a Bible translator. If you have not, not counted, don't worry. <laughs> it is Apostle Paul's favorite, favorite phrase. It is not Pauline mysticism. It is something every Christian can experience and can possess. Martin Luther once said, Christianity resides in prepositional phrases. You are all English-speaking people, so you know what preposition is. He said, Christianity resides in prepositional phrases. You can understand why he is saying that when you consider prepositional phrases such as in Christ, by grace, through faith, unto peace, and for good works in Ephesians chapter 2 alone. In Christ is where peace is found. Then what does it mean to be in Christ? Our people have a habit writing to each other when they write letters. Dear brother in Christ. You do the same. They're friends in Christ. What does it mean to be in Christ? In Christ means to be in the community of Christ. There is the church. This is the community of Christ. Right? We become Christians personally. We make our own decisions to become Christian and then be baptized into him. But not privately. I don't understand those people say, I am a Christian. I can be uh, worshiping in my, home, my own home. I don't have to go to school, uh, church. I don't have to associate with the Christian brothers and sisters. We do not become we become Christians privately, but not, 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 not to be just a private to yourself all the time. We are to be in the community of Christ, in the church, with our brothers and sisters, to encourage one another. That's what it means to be in Christ. Being in Christ means in God, in the Holy Spirit, in Jesus Christ. When I was in school a long time ago, we don't talk much about Holy Spirit because we thought Holy Spirit belonged to the Assemblies of God folks. <laughs> Holy Spirit, let me leave this one sentence with you. Holy Spirit is God in the present tense. He is with us. He is among us. He must be with us. Otherwise, we cannot function as Christians. It means to be in the closest possible relationship with the Christ. I use this example in many places. I came from very primitive society. We make our own knives. We don't have places to go buy knives. We make our own knives to cut our rice fields, a slash and burn type of fields. Then we go to the uh, airplane crash sites from World War II, and we, we cut the metal part, and we carry them very heavy down to the village, and we make knives out of it. We have a bellows. We put charcoal. We put uh, a piece of metal there. When the bellow was blowing, 
charcoal becomes uh, red, caught fire all over. And the metal part is a still, metal chunk is still in the, in the fire, but it's still black. But when you keep on blowing this thing, it becomes red, like the fire. Fire is in the iron. Iron is in the fire. That is the example. That's the way, you know, when we are in Christ, Christ in us, we, we are in Christ. We exhibit Christ's character. We think like Christ. We act like Christ. We represent Christ. To be in Christ is to be in the center of Christ's thought. I said it means in the, in the closest possible relationship with Christ. When the husband, your wife and husband, and when husband gets sick, you feel like you are sick. When the wife gets sick, you feel like you are sick. You wish that you can be you can, you can take her place or his place. When we are in Christ, we will be like that in our relationship with Christ. Bible does not only talk about individual peace of mind. It also talks about racial peace. In our country, in our part of the world, there are many races, not white, not black, all brown, but they have many tribes and many different people, many different language groups, and they fight against each other. They don't like each other. They have no peace. But the Bible talks about this racial peace. Remember, the scripture says, that you were at one time separated from Christ, alienated from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers to the covenant of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. But now in Christ Jesus, you have once were far off, been brought near in the blood of Christ, for he is our peace, who made us both Americans and Asians, Arabs and Israels, black and white, one, not two, one, and broken down the dividing wall of hostility. This has been proven so well on the mission field that the Lisus and Rawangs didn't get along well before they became Christians. They were warring each other. Akas and Lahus didn't get along well. Shans and Kachins didn't get along well. But when they became Christians, they became one, and now this year in Onda, uh, Lisu Bible Institute, hundreds of Lisus and Aka people will get together to celebrate Christmas convention. Now, in our country, we, do, we, may, uh, we have a Christmas convention every year. Not like here, you have a Christmas tree, Christmas stuff in your own home. You say Merry Christmas to each other, but people literally get together, hundreds of thousands of them have a worship service together, Seven sermons have been will be preached during this convention. And those that are hostile to each other will be worshiping God together. What is it? What is this peace and where it's found? Dr. James Stewart, who made an incomparable studies in the epistles of Paul, said, Among the blessings of this life, peace 
within us and peace with the God stands supreme. Although I said I did not hear, I'm not here to analyze peace for you, but I, I will describe, try to describe, give some, uh, define what peace is. Peace is that quality which comes in the midst of life's tensions, when, which help us to be able to say, whatever my lot, thou hast taught me to say, it is well, it is well with my soul. Peace is based upon our being right with the God. When I'm not right with the God, I have no peace. Do you? I don't have peace when I'm not right with the God. Inside is boiling all the time when you are not right with the God. You are walking civil war. Within your heart, there are fighting taking place. But when you are right with the God, you have peace with the God and peace with yourself. So I say peace is based upon our being right with the God. We cannot buy a gallon of peace, a bushel of peace from the stores, but when we are right with the God, there is tremendous amount of peace. Peace is the state of a thing which exists when God's will is being done in our lives. There will be no peace until there is peace with God in our souls. Therefore, Augustine once confessed, after he has done so many wrong things, he sought peace and happiness and wealth and sex and so many different things. Finally, he ended up in God and said, O God, thou hast made us for thyself, and our hearts are restless until they find rest in thee. Peace is the fruit of righteousness, and that righteousness, righteousness comes from being reconciled to God. So, Apostle Paul's constant plea, uh, plea to his people was, Be ye reconciled. When we have a God's peace, when we are right with the God, we do not have to go to any human professions, professionals, psychiatrists or psychologists who will explain our, peace, our, our sins, but we know that God has forgiven our sins. Faith and trust in God bring us peace of mind. Thou will keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee, for he trusteth in thee, said Isaiah. Now, what is this thing called faith? It's very difficult to translate. In, you know, Bible translators uh, struggle with this word. In Greek, pistis, what is it? Faith, what is it? I was told one time, Sunday, a Sunday school teacher asked a uh, uh, young kids what faith was, and somebody raised his hand and said, believing something you know that, it, that isn't true. That's not faith. Faith is not an opinion. It is a dominant conviction. Faith is a definite, trustful, adventurous commitment to God. Let's remember that. I had to struggle what faith, how strong my faith was, too. Faith, I'm still learning. I'm not perfect. 
Faith is a de definite, trustful, adventurous commitment to God in Christ Jesus. Listen to this one. Faith is an utter self-abandonment to God in Christ Jesus. There was a John G. Payton, a missionary to a small group of people in one of the islands. He was translating the scripture like I, I have been. And he came to John 3.16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. He could not find whosoever believeth that phrase. And he just thought and thought and thought for many days. And one day his gardener came back, came back uh, after working under very, very hot sun in the garden and said, Dr. Payton, please don't send me out anymore. I'm so tired. I'm going to collapse or throw myself on this couch and go to sleep. Seizing this clue, Dr. Payton translated John 3:16 to, to, to say something like this. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever abandons, abandons himself in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Faith means we are totally abandoning ourselves in God. Faith is the wholehearted response to the claim of God upon all our lives and our possessions. The Bible says we don't own anything. We are owned by Christ. We are owned by God because he bought us. And we, if we are willing to wholeheartedly abandon ourselves to God, that's faith. That kind of thing brings peace. Peace of mind is complete abandoning self in God's hand. That brings peace. That kind, the kind of, that kind of peace can never be disturbed. Jesus had enemies who hated him with an intense hatred, but no one could disturb his peace. On a night of betrayal, as you know, an angry crowd was around him, shouting, where, Je where, Je where is Jesus? We want to kill him. But the Prince of Peace, in the midst of his disciples, stood up in the midst of his disciples and spoke the words of peace, which ring across these 2,000 years. Peace, I leave with you. My peace, I give unto you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. Believe in me, believe also in, uh, believe in God, and believe also in me, he said. He spoke the words of peace in the midst of storm. When we have a God's peace, we will be able to do the same. Do we have this peace? Can we understand the old hymn which says, you know, you sing some old hymns, I'm, I applaud you, but I, I'm, I'm, again, I'm not against the, the new ones, okay? I'm all for it, but let's not abandon the old hymns. 
The phrases like change and decay in all around I see, but thou who changes not, abide with me. That still speaks to the situation today. I'm not asking you to abandon the new ones. Please don't misunderstand me. The old hymn says this. When Jesus as Lord I had crowned, my heart with his peace did abound. In him the richest blessing I found, sweet peace. The gift of God's love. May God grant us his grace, mercy, and peace. May the peace of God, which passes all understanding, keep our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Thank you very much.